welcome to High Vibes. I am your host, Bill G, with co-host Nina G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth-dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to this podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now, for today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to High Vibes. I am your host, Bill G, and I'm here with Nina. And today we are continuing our discussion on the law of one. Specifically, we are going to be talking about the fifth density. In previous episodes, we talked about the first through fourth densities. And so fifth density is the level of the enlightened master. These beings have shedded their third density karma within their time as a fourth density being and are now moving towards the realms of pure wisdom and connection with the creator entity. These beings have now fully let go of their physical bodies and their astral bodies and exist as pure light beings. Fifth density beings can either be on the path of service to self or service to others. And from time to time, a fifth density being will choose to incarnate into a third density body in order to teach and guide those who in the third density to the realities of existence so that they will have the wisdom that they need to choose to graduate into the higher density when the time comes. Or they just may be here just to kind of hang out and party and watch the show. Because there's a lot of really interesting things going on right now. Yes. Um, as we're moving into this higher density period of our, of our existence, I mean, as, the, as the earth is transforming, we've found that there actually is quite a few fifth density beings who have chosen to incarnate it just to watch the fireworks. Those beings are not particularly helpful. They're just here to party. So that's rather interesting. What does it mean to be an enlightened master after you have moved through your astral body, that astral realm in the fourth density, do you think? Some people have written that Eckhart Tolle, the author mm -hmm. and the speaker, he is a fifth density being living in a third density body. Apparently, uh, one day he was sitting on a park bench and it just kind of all hit him. The massive unity of everything that he could blend wisdom with compassion and help people but not be too involved and certainly not try to change anyone he he just was there by his own uh by his own presence he would change people and help people i know i have read uh many of his books and they're just beautiful, uh, more beautiful than a lot of the other things that I have read. They're so full of love and hope and peace. And I think that's what it is to be a fifth density being. Someone who can teach others just by being around them because they have a particular frequency that they emit that when you're around them, you really feel connected and a part of yourself and peaceful, and then you can take that home with you. 
they have let go of so much of their karma, you know, third density through fourth density that they have just become so light that a lot of the worldly problems that most of us have just don't seem to affect them very much because they're just not living in that space. Another interesting aspect, I believe, of a fifth density being, as opposed to a fourth density being, is that they tend to be more of a collective consciousness yes. rather than being a, a singular consciousness because uh, it's what Ra would refer to as a social memory complex as opposed to a mind-body complex. So they've kind of embodied that unity of everything. They vibrate with a certain group of beings, but they don't have an individual vibration kind of of their own because they vibrate so readily and mesh so readily with other beings in that love, compassion space. The raw entity who wrote the raw contact and who was, who was the channel for all of that was also a fifth density being, and they were a collective. Um, other examples, I believe, are uh, Lee Harris channels a group of beings called the Zs. And then we also have Abraham Hicks, uh, with the, the entity Abraham, is a collection of entities, a social memory complex coming through, which we could probably interpret as a fifth density being. These, when these beings contact us, they generally have a great deal of wisdom to share a great deal of bringing together of various knowledge so that way we can better synthesize what is going on in the world in order to make sense of it in order and then to elevate ourselves to the next level. Yeah, they don't tend to tell you what to do. They don't tend to tell you how to change your life. They completely allow for free will and they never talk about anything negative. Right. Well, occasionally they have uh, in, in times past. And that has had consequences. But this is a new time. Yes. I mean, we're not talking for right now. That's generally not what happens. But in the past, they have gotten involved. Uh, for example, the Ra entity actually appeared as a light being for the people who lived in ancient Egypt, and then and they actually, uh, through their thought memory process, created the pyramids, and they disseminated the law of one. But the minute they left, their presence became a religion. And then a social class emerged. There were wars fought over it. Religion emerged? Religion emerged. So there's always a danger when a fifth density being presents themselves and says, hey, everybody, I'm a fifth density being and I've got something to say that a um, after they go, that a religion springs up. As because people are looking at them going, wow, you have lots of super abilities and you have all this knowledge and you are not from around here. So you must be. A god. You must, yeah. I think one of the starkest examples, and Ra talks about this a lot, is um, how Jesus Christ 
was a fifth density being incarnated into a human form in order to teach humanity what it was like to become a fourth density being. The miracles that he was able to perform, the healing of the sick, the walking on water, the being, the ability to transform matter into usable forms was a very visible and tangible thing for people to see. And all of those abilities are considered to be fourth density, but he was able to do much more. Right, right. Like, I mean, the, 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 the scriptures are just full of examples of just sheer miraculous things that he was able to do, coupled with his admonitions here that this every human being has the ability to do this for themselves. I mean, a great example in the Bible is when he uh, was walking on water and all of the disciples were like, ooh, that's so cool. You're walking on water. And he's like, hey, Peter, why don't you walk on the water too? Because you can do that. And then Peter gets up, up, stands on the boat, gets out on the water and hey, he's walking on water too. And then all of a sudden he's like, wait a second, this ain't, this ain't right. And then he plunges into the water. And then Jesus is like, man, you you're just not quite there yet, man. And then the whole passion too was part of that demonstration of the initiation process of a graduation process from third density into fourth density as well. So what happens after Jesus has passed on and the resurrection has happened and he's got his followers who are trying to, again, teach what Jesus was trying to teach, what did it develop into? It turned into a religion and it turned into a power structure. The existing power structure that was there adapted it into their own. And then we had mass killings. We had religious wars. We had crusades. We had um, reformation wars and so all when, sorts of things that happened after that. So when all of that happened, it wasn't the intention of the fifth density being, but rather our own ignorance that made us take our own political systems, our own economy, and turn something that was supposed to be really beautiful into a power struggle. Right. And all of that turned into karma of the, the beings who were the zealot followers and whatever. And I've had past lives where I was a zealot follower of whatever religion. It might have been Christianity. It might have been something else. But uh, when we did a soul retrieval, we found that I was responsible for the murders of many, many people who were, did not follow a certain strict set of beliefs. And that continued up through the modern era, up through the 20th century. And it's still continuing even today where someone's interpretation of what these fifth density beings were trying to teach is twisted into a, a power struggle where people are committing atrocities in the name of love, light, and and unity so that was then how do you see a fifth density problem playing out now in in your own clients some examples of how people have fifth density problems within their third density existence has to do i believe 
a great deal with allowing yourself to be defined by what these fifth density positive or negative beings have propagated into the world as part of their incarnation or their messaging. Right, Not because it carries over. Mm -hmm. It does carry over into our everyday consciousness. Right, right. And these can be very unhealthful ideals if we, we turn to the bad habit chart here. Um, these unhealthful ideals would be um, a belief in uh, holding power over other people as that is being a good thing. So people who are seeking power over others, believing that that somehow makes them morally superior. Or that they're just doing the right thing. Because we have a lot of that in our world, don't we? I think people are inherently good. And, uh, you know, you may or may not agree with how someone else lives their life. But that doesn't mean that how they're living is wrong. So we have a lot of this duality when it comes to um, what is right living and what is wrong living. And, you know, you could be thinking, wow, I'm doing the best thing I can. But for someone else, it could be such a horrible mistake that you've made it and you you just don't know it. And I think a lot of our problems in the world are like this. Right. Uh, another example of that is what we would call a messiah complex, where either you believe that you are the morally superior person because you are following the tenet or um, strict doctrine of a religion or some sort of uh, something that is grown out of a thing that the fifth density being like, for example, I mean, Christianity is an excellent example of this, where you have people who are um, diehard Catholics or diehard evangelicals, and they have taken the words of the Bible to such an extreme that they feel morally superior to everybody else. And on top of that, their actions don't necessarily follow what they preach. You know, I, I always find it interesting. I mean, I, I don't mean to, you know, insult anybody who's who's a, a strong Christian because there are a lot of very good Christians out there who have taken to heart a lot of the teachings in there and have grown from it. Uh, but on the other hand, there are also a lot of people out there who have taken those labels and used it for their own personal gain. Like the, the car dealer who says, I am a Christian car dealer, therefore I'm not going to screw you over. And for me, Whenever somebody, a business person says, I am a Christian whatever, accountant, Christian, car dealer, whatever, that's a red flag for me. Because that's saying that I am going to take on faith that you are not going to screw me over in this transaction. And they very may very well be being honest they, about that, like trying to tell people, hey, you know, I take on these values. But sometimes it's hard to know that because there has been so much taking advantage of people in the name of something else. Exactly. And whether I, it be religion or politics or, or anything, it could be anything. It could mm -hmm. be in the name of a school board or right, you know, right. anything. Way back in the day, I worked for a, uh, somebody who was a Orthodox uh, Jewish person and they, uh, their business was totally centered around, centered around their faith. They were, you know, they, 
um, did all the rituals. They, you know, they were, uh, they put it on their advertising. And I knew just from working with this guy that this guy was not a very good business person or he was, he was constantly taking advantage of his, his customers. And so there was a, a huge disconnect here. How can you say that you are a man of faith or a woman of faith or whatever, and then take advantage of people, which goes against the teachings that you profess to be doing, unless you're only, your only purpose here is to take advantage of somebody else by convincing them just because you have put a label on yourself that you are you're being a good person that you can you can trust me because i've just put this label on myself and so that's a, a an extreme example here but um you see it you you, you do see it from time to time yeah mm -hmm. especially you know when we saw that when we were living down in kentucky too especially when once you get further into the bible belt you see that a lot as well yes so another example here too is lack of good judgment. That also comes into play when you're uh, dealing with these fifth density issues. And that comes along again with the, the whole religion argument, letting that religion define who you are. I also think that lack of good judgment could come into play here because the fifth density being doesn't really have a good conception of, of what we deal with here in third density and they don't really necessarily understand um, how we interact with each other and with the planet like unless they've been here before right mm -hmm. so it's like what we were talking about before there's a lot of fifth density beings here now and they're just kind of hanging out and partying they're not really necessarily participating they're here to see the show so they kind of divorce themselves of the issues of the world, which, you know, can be kind of a good thing. And in a lot of respects by not being bogged down by that, but maybe just not even knowing how to handle a lot of what's happening here. Right, right. Because I, I have a client where they were married to a fifth density incarnated being who was just here for the show. And he ended up being like addicted to drugs. Because one thing that these fifth density beings sometimes forget when they incarnate is they have the same problems we do in terms of the amnesia. They forget that they're fifth density beings. And if they're just here to party, they're like, ooh, look, alcohol, yummy. And, and An experience, a yeah. very visceral, physical experience, which they don't necessarily have because they don't have a body to experience that with. Experience right. That with. And so here, you know, and then it's like, so, and people are like attracted to these individuals because they're, you know, they're light and, you know, especially people who are um, super sensitive to energy, see these fifth density incarnate beings and they're like, oh, wow, they're like really bright. I bet they're really wise and whatever. And they're like, nah, I'm just here to party. And, you know, and then they end up getting dragged down and that creates karma. And the next thing you know, these poor fifth density beings are stuck here because now they've got karma. Now they got to work their way back out of all of this because in order for them to be here, they have to downgrade their frequency. And so, yeah, they want to experience all this stuff, but hey, if anybody out there is a fifth density being trapped into a, uh, a third density body and you've made some really bad choices in your life and you're wondering why aren't I not the wise 
bright being that I think I should be. That could be a fifth density problem in third density. Absolutely. And so, um, and one last thing I just wanted to mention here too, uh, going along again with the religion thing, but also we have to remember that as third density beings, reaching that choice point. If you remember a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about the choice point, the service to self or service to others. And that choice point is not very black and white um, because we can say, okay, service to others. What does that mean? Okay, um, I'm going to talk to my priest about that, or I'm going to talk to other people about exactly what that means, because maybe you came from a, a background where morality was more ambiguous, and you're not quite sure what all that, what it means to be a moral person or being a, of service to others. And then that construct, that religious construct, then says, oh, you need to behave in X, Y, and Z in order for you to reach that choice point. And then you end up giving up of your power. That personal power, that ability to make that choice or make that right choice for you is now being defined by somebody else. And you've now given up your personal power. Like a, I think a great example is if your choice point has to do with loving another person, and you happen to be a homosexual, but you're also looking for your moral compass to be uh, Orthodox Christian or, in the, where, or a religion that says, no, no, that's wrong. You can't do that. And now you have to suppress that part of yourself that needs to love within this lifetime because you've given up your power to this construct that is making you not love anymore. You're not loving yourself anymore. You're going into a deep depression now because that ability to love has now been taken away from you and given to someone else. And so many times we do that uh, with our families, especially because we grew up with our family. We resonate with this group of people. They're telling us that this and that is, is how we should live. And we want to be good people. Maybe we don't know what to do. So we listen and it becomes kind of part of a programming that we take on and think is our own. But then later on down the line, don't we often see that, wow, that choice is not really the best one for me, but I was told so many times that this is right. So I can't choose that for myself. And then you again, give up your power to your family, to your programming, to what you learned in school, to what other people tell you, because, you know, we all become a little lost and don't know what the best choice is. A lot of times we have two bad choices to choose from or more than two bad choices. And there's really no good choice to choose. And in that instance, you really just kind of have to sit in yourself and pick what is the most joyful for you, because that is the thing that's going to work not the construct that someone else gave you or said was right. Yeah, and we can extend the construct to just beyond religious institutions too. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of concentrating on religious yeah. institutions because those were basically grown out of a known fifth density contact experience, but also we can throw into the mix political uh, mm -hmm. constructs and media 
constructs. We are constantly being bombarded by media who are telling us this is the way to live. This is the way not to live. This is who you should love. This is who you should not this love. This is what you're going to believe in and do. And this is what you're not going to do or believe in. I mean, we're seeing that a lot lately. I mean, media is evolving with the rest of humanity. I mean, things that you would not see in media, I mean, even in our lifetimes, that has changed a tremendous amount, but there's still subtle messaging in there too. Um, you know, the whole LGBTQ um, thing is a huge thing in the media where in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, I mean, all the way up until about 20 years ago, it was just unheard of to even talk about this, let alone see it on camera, on TV. And even in the last 10 years, you never saw a loving relationship between two same-sex couples. It usually ended in some kind of horrible disaster, whereas the heterosexual couples, they get to live happily ever after. And it's only within the last year or so you're now seeing in popular media where single sex uh, couples can actually have loving relationships. But that took, that was a long way coming. But again, that's allowing your construct to define who you are. And, and so people who were struggling with this and who were using popular media as their barometer of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, it creates a cognitive dissonance. It creates a problem within your psyche and, and it causes a conflict within yourself to rise out of. So I think the bottom line here is how do we as third density beings reaching those choice points navigate through a world that is constantly bombarding us with positive negative messaging, negative messaging, and things that may or may not be coming from fifth density beings, how do we hold our own with all in, within all of that? So that way we can reach those choice points on our own. And I think the, the key here is standing within your personal power. Yeah, just being able to feel yourself in your own body and know what that feels like. And then when a choice is being presented to you or something is being presented to you, to just immediately go inside and figure out how do I feel about this? Does this feel right to me? Does it not feel right? Maybe you have to think about that and sit with it for a while, especially when the choice is muddled with guilt or senses of responsibility or just it intermingles with some of your past programming. But anything that, again, doesn't feel right or doesn't really give you a lot of joy to do it, those are probably not the right decision for you. And there's probably another way to look at it or to work with that situation that sits a lot better with you or does bring you joy. Right. For example, I was, I'm working with a client right now who has an idea of what they want to do in life. They have latent abilities and uh, they have a lot of joy around it. And, but they feel very stuck within the construct of society. So uh, they were telling me, oh, I would really love to do this in my life. And then that was immediately followed with, but I can't because I can't afford it. 
I have need to have a nine to five job because I need to have a roof over my head. I need, my family would never accept me if I did this and whatever. And I said, okay, now hold on a second. Let's just take a moment here and imagine that you are doing this work that you want to do. And you are looking at your calendar and you see that you have clients lined up all week. You've got nine, 10, 11 clients that you are seeing that week that where you are doing that work that brings you joy. How does that feel? And they said to me, that feels really, really good. And I said, excellent. Then that's what we're going to concentrate on. And we're going to forget about all of the other stuff that is getting in the way. Because if we, as long as we keep concentrating on that joy point, everything else is going to fall into place as we clear the constructs that you've built up around it and the programs that you've built up around it to prevent you from getting there. So I hope you have enjoyed our discussion on fifth density. It is, uh, it is complicated and vague, uh, we realize that, but at the same time, um, we hope that you got a little bit of wisdom about it as well. So if you would like to explore this with me, be sure to come on to my website, uh, vitalbioenergetics.com and click on book online. Uh, if you are interested in just uh, feeling it out and doing a 30 minute free consult, you can certainly do so. We invite all of you to just ask some questions during that 30 minute free consult. You can have a private hearing here with Bill and he can just sit here and, uh, just answer any sort of questions you may have. I mean, and even that might be just what you need to be really helpful Absolutely. to uh, give you a little bit of an idea of maybe something that you're struggling with. So again, that's uh, vitalbioenergetics.com, book online, and we hope to see you guys doing that. Uh, next time, we're going to be talking about sixth, seventh, and eighth densities. Let's and do it all at once. Yeah, we're going to hit it all at once because it gets super vague at this point. Uh, because we haven't, we don't know what that is. It's, it's a really uh, way out there, up there light. Um, there's some really cool things that happen in sixth density. Um, but after that, it's so very hard to conceptualize. Yeah. Because it's way, way outside of our third density experience. And like I say to my clients, we have squishy brains and squishy brains can't uh, comprehend a lot of this stuff. <laughs> so uh, we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about Bill and Nina G, please visit our website at www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time.